0: discover more compassionate relations with human beings, but how can we develop
1: compassionate relations with the other creatures with whom we share this planet? There's an us before the wound, there's an us before oppression, and to be pleasure is a way that we tap down into that. Its power seems inescapable so did the divine right of kings hey everyone welcome to the vegan vanguard it is mexi and following up on our last episode on the union busting of vegan company lush cosmetics we're doing a little vegan union busters mini series here <laughs> Uh, Sadly, because it's sad that there are so many vegan union busters that we can make a whole series, but we're following up today with workers from No Evil Foods, the vegan food producers who used socialist iconography and messaging to market their products, and then proceeded to bust the workers' union drive and fire several of them, and recently have just fired their entire staff without notice or severance. Yay! Yay vegan capitalism, oppressing and exploiting human animals while not mounting a significant challenge to growing global meat consumption. Yay! I will just reiterate from the previous episode on Lush, that until the vegan movement understands speciesism as a systemic oppression, and understands that animal agriculture as we know it today grew out of white supremacy and capitalism, the mainstream vegan movement will continue to promote false solutions to this problem, namely that everyone should just change their grocery lists, While not actually challenging the systems at the root of both non-human and human-animal oppression. So it'll make a lot of money for certain vegan capitalists, and as we have seen, it will not be able to meaningfully challenge or work to dismantle the global animal agriculture industry. I have made videos about this and I will put links in the show notes for more resources. This is definitely a theme that we talk about a lot on this podcast and it's why we argue so forcefully for a total liberation perspective that transforms and transcends the systems that oppress us all while destroying our planet, right? Capitalism as a whole inclusive of animal agriculture, but also other industries, other growth-based industries, is a major driving force of climate change, which is a leading cause of species extinction. So it's great that we have more vegan options today, but we need to think bigger and we need to hold vegan capitalists feet to the fire when they are perpetuating exploitation in the name of animal liberation. Like that—that that is a no from us. Um, and it's a contradiction in terms. So today we have back on the show John Reynolds and Megan Sullivan, two former No Evil Foods workers who helped to organize the union drive and were wrongfully terminated because of this in John's case and just left in disgust in Megan's case. And they joined us on a previous episode that we did last year when that was all popping off. So please check that out. I have listed that in the description box of this podcast. It might actually be a good primer to listen to before catching this episode. So you might want to pause and go listen to that first. But we also have Jeremy, who was another former No Evil Foods worker who joined the company after the busted up Union Drive and who was laid off last month in June of 2021. For anyone listening to this after July of 2021, Um, but Jeremy was laid off with all of the other workers at the company without notice or severance pay, just absolutely criminal but before we begin and talk to all of these amazing comrades, thank you from the bottom of our hearts to our patrons who make the show possible. If you would like to become a sustaining member, please go to patreon.com slash for just $2 per month. You can get access to our total liberation discord server, which I co-run with Catherine and mad blender, and we hold community political chats over there twice per month, or you can give us a one-time donation via PayPal on our website, veganvanguardpodcast.com. I would like to thank the new patrons, Ali, Kurt Kruger, Ray, and Jay Holiday. We very much appreciate you. And we also appreciate everyone who has given us amazing ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. So with that said, let's jump into the interview.
0: My name is John Reynolds. Um, I worked for NoEvil from 2019 till uh, May 1st of 2020, um, when I was uh, fired for a social, quote-unquote, social distancing violation, but uh, the National Labor Relations Board found very different results.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Megan. Um, I was a major part of the organizing drive back in uh, early 2020, and um, I also helped, you know, organize after that drive was unsuccessful and um, eventually left the company in the summer of 2020.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And um, John, you were fired for that perceived infraction, largely due to your your participation in the union drive as well, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. That and uh, helping to organize a uh, petition for uh, guaranteed uh, pandemic hazard pay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So as I said in the introduction, everyone should go check out the first episode that we did with John and Megan and Courtney about all of that, about the drive and about all of the union busting tactics that Novel foods busted out, despite their socialist branding and, you know, themes for their, their business. But uh, could you fill us in on what happened since we last spoke? So the last time we spoke, it was basically after the union drive had been busted up and you and Courtney had been wrongfully terminated and Megan, you had left the company. So uh, fill us in on, on what, what's happened since then.
0: So uh, this time last year, they were going after us for or going after the people who were leaking information and leaking Uh, audio from the anti-union meetings and they were trying to claim copyright on this audio which they didn't have the rights to this is audio that um, was recorded by workers during their anti-union meetings and they were basically saying that they had the rights to this audio around this time last summer too, what they were doing is they were imitating the social media handles of accounts that were exposing what they had done with the union drive. So there's a Twitter account, Bertie Gregson. They took that Twitter account and they made an Instagram handle with that. And on that Instagram account, what they were doing is they were flooding their own Instagram hashtag. So you'd see on the most recent tab under hashtag no evil foods, you'd see um, just like a six panel or a nine panel picture of a big comrade cluck. And it would knock all of the recent posts down. So if you were looking at that that um, that hashtag, you wouldn't see that. All you would see is their their stock photo of Comrade Clock. Mm. Um, and then on uh, Twitter, they had um, taken the um, the So Evil Foods handle, and they put it on. They made a Twitter account with that name. So then now they're on Twitter, and they're just going under every post that's mentioning hash or at No Evil Foods, and just saying, Oh, well, I, you know, I love this company. I mean, this company is great. Here's all the facts. And here's, here's our, uh, our website, you can go here. And so it was kind of honestly, it was kind of clever, but um, it it ended up coming out, like later on, that the person who was doing all of this was um, Mike Waliansky, the CEO, it was his sister. And the reason that we know that is because um, when they were trying to get the uh, leaked audio pulled from the anti union meetings, the email address that they were filing these copyright claims under was Rachel at no evil foods, which is Mike's sister. So it was just, it was this really weird kind of desperate attempt to sort of bury everything that was coming out over last summer. And at the same time, try to suppress the leaked audio and kind of like claim copyright on it, which they don't have any rights to. And um, that ended up stopping uh, once the Electronic Frontier Foundation found out what they were doing, and they sent them a letter and said, "Listen, you, you're exploiting copyright law. You need to stop." And you know, knock on wood. Since then, they've stopped because they didn't really want to have to deal with that. They knew they didn't have any rights to it.
1: Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, that was a that's a mouthful. But I mean, yeah
1: that is clever on, on their part, but I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just really interesting how much effort they went to on that kind of social media war.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, I, like I said, that was just last summer. Um, and then in the fall, the, uh, national labor relations board, um, completed their initial investigation and they found merit in me and Courtney's, uh, charged that they, um, had fired us for, um, they had fired us wrongfully. Um, and they ended up settling out of court with us because I, I think that they knew that if they went to court, they would have lost badly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that had happened over last summer, and I can't remember if this happened before or after we spoke to you, but, um, And it still bothers me to this day because there's been no correction on it, no investigation into it, no nothing. Um, Veg News um, wrote an article or posted an article, published one, about um, no evil foods like the Union Drive and all the controversy around it. And it was really interesting the way in which they did that because they pretty much allowed the owners, Mike and Sadra, to go on there and claim that organizers were extorting them and threatening their family and taking Mm. big union money. All these other crazy, ridiculous things that have absolutely no standing in reality. And it. I don't know, it just frustrates me because there's never really been any conclusion to that. There was no investigative journalism on that end. Like, mm-hmm. obviously there wasn't because they would have figured that this none of this was accurate. But um, that was, so I just found that to be an interesting thing that the few media outlets that they do talk to they they spread all of these like insidious lies that that they're really careful about wording they won't say anybody specifically is extorting them or threatening them they just say oh organizers mm-hmm. so that that's kind of frustrating but then if you jump forward a little bit to like i want to say the beginning of this year you know, we, we start getting calls and getting contacted by people who are slowly getting like either laid off or fired from the company and seemingly for the same kind of, you know, nonsense reasons, you know, I I'm trying to think of an example. Um, nothing that was super like major that was causing a disruption at work, nothing like that. So Mm -hmm. people were just getting laid off. I believe that, um, somebody got laid off over like, being late one day and stuff like that. I don't want to be too specific because I'm having a hard time remembering, but people were slowly getting laid off is the point and getting fired. And it started to kind of raise eyebrows with the people that we were talking to. they like, hmm, are they going out of business? What's going on here? Why are they cutting down the staff so much? All of that. And then basically, what was it? A couple days beforehand or the day beforehand that somebody contacted us? Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they were they were contacting us, and I think it was around May that I really started to hear that people were getting fired in bunches. Um, there was a case one day when somebody told me that, like, three or four people had gotten fired in one day, and people who were talking about quitting would just get fired on the spot instead of being able to put their two weeks in and that kind of thing. Um, and then a couple days before they actually announced the layoffs, I got contacted by somebody else who said, uh, there's some big news coming, we're, we're all kind of worried about it. Um, there's a rumor going around that they're going to be closing down. And people, these people had been asking, and I mean, this is what they've, they've told me, but they were asking, are we closing down? We're hearing rumors about this. And they were constantly reassured that everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And then on the 11th of June, that's when they all came in, and they had this meeting, and they said, hey, look, we're laying everybody off." Here's a a flyer for a job fair and a letter of recommendation, and you know, sorry, thanks, but uh, good luck.
1: I hope you can believe that it's not a decision that we're making lightly, but it it is really kind of coming down to
0: whether or not there will be annoying foods in the future at all or not. So
1: we, so we get fired, so you can stay alive. I think that the. We put a I lot did. of hard work into you, this. You did absolutely. I a question too. Why
0: third didn't even know about this? I showed up here on a whim. Yeah. Nobody even told us. We heard out. We heard from shore they
1: got fired. I mean, why? Why? Why couldn't there at least been an email? Hey, third ship, show up. You know. I,
0: I, I can understand
2: the frustration. Don't
0: you know, with the in October when you like said
1: it, that We had ten years of life built into this.
0: Um gave up a lot to come here. Determination day. Um, yeah, today was a payday, uh, but there's a week of work. You're going to get paid for today. Exactly. I'm Thank you. And um, what we'll do is we'll, um, then run uh, pay on the 25th
2: of June uh, for this week. So you'll have yeah, um, that week of pay on the 25th. Um, one more week, baby. We don't get anything else.
0: Um. We do. We do not have money in yeah. the office. For the people that relate, all get really better. Church, screw all I'm y'all. Fuck you.
1: Earlier? Like I mean, you can't tell me there's absolutely no money. Are you gonna get paid, Drew?
0: We have. We have to sh- shutter operations and move them to a co-manufacturer. Uh, that's that the our situation. family. Thank you. Uh,
2: it's not just me. I'm not just worried about me. I understand that. That this was not this decision did not come easy and we worked very hard to try to find
3: the solutions, but this is a decision between no evil foods existing and not existing. Period.
0: They got the sucks. It's exactly the kind of thing that we wanted the union in there to prevent. If if they had the union in there, I really have a hard time believing this kind of a thing would have ever happened. Um, and it makes me think that this is part of the reason they didn't want the union to begin with.
1: Yeah. Jeez. That's so much. And yeah, really frustrating to hear about veg news. Um, I mean, they're not really known for being the most radical outlet, <laughs> but it's really unfortunate that they, um, yeah, they, they printed all of that. So I guess talk about like for the people that you were talking about uh, or talking to more recently, had things improved at the company in terms of their working conditions, and would you attribute that to all of the organizing and work that you all put in a year prior?
0: Just one other point I wanted to make on veg news oh, uh, sure veg news has also at least as of you know the time of recording this with you. They have been absolutely resilient on covering these layoffs. People have been reaching out to them and asking them, tagging them, emailing them. I emailed them and I asked them to cover it. And I got an email back that said that they're not going to. Mm. Um, And I really have a hard time understanding why a major vegan publication is so against covering a story like this that clearly impacts the vegan community and is so important um mm-hmm. you know regarding what's going on in the i mean i'm sorry i'm sounding redundant but yeah. I, I don't understand why they're not really interested in covering this at all
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh and why they have the you know the resources to cover a story like you know what what justin bieber orders when he goes out for his his <laughs> vegan lunch but they don't have the like, like the resources to cover an actual story that's you know affecting a major vegan company, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but
1: I don't know if they're if No Evil Foods is one of their funders or whatnot, but um yeah I don't I don't usually uh, check out Veg News, but I know it's a very mainstream outlet that is um, you know, pretty in line with the whole consumerist vegan kind of approach. Uh, which we are not for on this, this podcast. So uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's not terribly surprising to me that they wouldn't want to touch something like this. They, I think they try to be kind of, you know, quote unquote, apolitical, but in that you are obviously being political. Um, You're just not, you're not being forthright with it. So.
0: Yeah. Um, Now uh, as far as what was your question about um, working conditions up, uh, leading up to the the layoffs. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they still had the hazard pay. Um, they were still making, from what I understand, they were still making the seventeen dollars an hour from you know when we had pushed the petition and and gotten them to uh, to do it. Even though they've never really recognized that it was the petition that was you know the um, the reason they did it, they've mm. they've kind of skirted it around. It but they've never actually uh, officially said it. Did you have something you want to say?
2: Yeah, just that. Um, I firmly believe that. Most of the things that were positive about that job were things that were only obtained through organizing, whether it be from before John and I got there or during or even after the fact, just even the continued organizing that's been done online. There was no living wage before they heard the owners heard of a union drive starting. Uh, You know, they didn't have Mm health care before they learned of a union drive starting. There was no differential pay differential between the shifts until the union drive started. And they were trying to appease the workers out of unionizing. Um, There was no hazard pay until employees came together to petition for it and thankfully obtained it, which, you know, they all deserved it. Obviously, you know, working through a pandemic, this was even back when nobody really knew what was going on as far as COVID goes, how serious it was going to be, all of that. Um, so I, I know that there were tons of people there who love their jobs. That's what makes this especially devastating for some of those people because they built their lives around this place. Mm -hmm. You know, some of these people moved here. These people worked through the pandemic, some of whom were immunocompromised people dedicated their entire lives to this place. And they wouldn't do that if they didn't like the work environment or like working there. Mm Um, But it just makes it especially devastating that a company can treat such employees that are loyal and, you know, that didn't even have a part in the organizing, treat them like disposable trash Mm -hmm. and just to, to give these people no warning. You know, it's one thing, even if you want to assume that everything that this company says is true about the layoffs and that, oh, we just ran out of money, you know, we couldn't do this, whatever. If you take everything they say at face value, there is absolutely no excuse for not giving these people warning. These loyal employees who risk their lives to make these people money, there's just no excuse for not giving them a warning. It's also very convenient and worth mentioning the WARN Act, you know, it basically says, that you um, have to give employees, I think it's, what is it, 90 days or 60 days? I
0: think it's it's 90.
2: I I think it's 90 days, but it might be 60 days. But basically, it um, guarantees workers to have a heads up if there's about to be a massive layoff. Now, the WARN Act kind of gets circumvented when you cut the staff down to less than 50 people, I believe.
1: Mm.
2: So it's just very interesting that they... You know, are slowly shaving down their staff over the course of, you know, this entire year. And then when the mass layoff happens, they, you know, don't have to abide by the Warn Act and they can do this with a day's notice because, you know, they're moving their facility up to uh, Paxton, Illinois um, with with a I think it's Dan. Oh, Danville. It's somewhere in Illinois. They're moving this facility to it's a facility that also um, is heavily involved with meat manufacturing, which is also interesting. Mm -hmm. But um, essentially, they're moving the company up there. But it it also you have to understand, like, you can't just up and move your company in a day, that kind of stuff takes planning, you know, this, like it, you can't just at the drop of a hat, move your company, you know, states away. Mm -hmm. And it just really, really bothers me that they, all of these people were fired so callously and then to be told in return, oh, we, we couldn't give anybody warning. We didn't have any warning ourselves. How did you have this manufacturing facility set up for you? How did you have this deal going? You know, you're telling me that you made that deal in a matter of days. I, I just simply don't believe it. -hmm. And it's equally frustrating to me that between John and I, we of course were angered by all of this and what happened. You know, we actually had a fundraiser going throughout the last month. We were able to raise over three thousand dollars, and it was split up between twelve employees that were hit really hard by the layoff. These people had families, you know, the whole nine yards. And it it also, I guess, what just frustrates me is not only could no evil owners have had done this and tried to raise money. You know, we could have, I would have even put our differences aside and collaborated with them. I, you know, I said this on some other podcasts, and it's just frustrating because at the end of the day, um, I mean, it's really a lesson in understanding that it's not your employer that's going to help you. and it, It's not companies that are going to help you, no matter how radical or vegan or you know, progressive they are, it's other people that have to come together, I think Mm -hmm. is really the takeaway from all of this, in my opinion, but I'll get off my soapbox now. I'm sorry.
1: No, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And that is just, just absolutely criminal. I mean, to know that, as you said, they needed to shave down their staff to under 50 in order to get around this law, and be able to give nobody any notice. I mean, that's just, It's unethical. (laughs) It's extremely unethical. And so, yeah, they obviously knew for months and months. And instead of giving people the time and the option, uh, you know, and and the courtesy to let them, um, you know, find other jobs and provide them any kind of severance pay, they just did whatever they could to get around that and make sure that nobody, they didn't have to pay anybody anything. And they didn't have to tell anybody anything beforehand either. So I thought that they. I was under the impression that they were outsourcing production. I, I guess I wasn't sure what that meant, but but you're saying that they're just moving the company up north. So are they going to just hire other workers up there, or what does it mean th- to be outsourcing?
0: No, no, no. They're they're definitely outsourcing. Um, they're going to a third party manufacturer named Paxton Packing, which um also works with uh like artisanal jerky, um. Mm-hmm yeah they they've said that they have their own dedicated space but that doesn't really change the fact that they're still working with somebody that produces meat and Mm -hmm. works profits from meat which is you know an interesting argument to make uh when you know or it's it's not an interesting it's an interesting it's an interesting thought because they also if you remember from the podcast uh, the episode we did last year i don't know if i mentioned this or maybe courtney or megan did but They didn't want to have their workers unionized with the UFCW because the UFCW represents workers at Smithfield. Mm. But when it comes to making money, they're totally fine with pairing up with a company that profits from meat production if, you know, it saves their investors a few bucks. And what's um, another point I wanted to make, too, about the um, the layoffs. I'm sorry I'm all over the place, but um, they had uh, there was there have been several leaks because I feel like everybody at that company right now is just, or even people who are no longer with the company, but, you know, just people there are very unhappy and completely understandable with the way that the, the, that they're conducting business. I mean, it's just awful, but one of the uh, one of the leaks, um, and you can see it on the So Evil Foods Instagram page. Um, basically, was an email from Sadra, the one of the co-founders, and she's talking about. Um, it took them five days from the 11th, um, and I don't know what day it was, but it was like five days from the 11th when they sent this email out. And this email is talking points on how to address and how to deal with the controversy about um the layoffs and meanwhile they've got comments disabled on instagram and facebook still as of the recording of this um they completely just deactivated their twitter account um so clearly they don't want to have any you know honest open dialogue about this with the public um they just want to have it through you know controlled channels but anyway in this email you you have Sadra on here um Basically telling the remaining employees who are non-production employees, just office staff and whatnot, to approach the layoffs with lot, with a lot of optimism for the future about No Evil Foods. And to say something like that is pretty bold. <laughs> and then in these actual talking points, they're talking about how, oh, well, we've cut our salaries down. Me and, me and Mike cut our salaries down to uh, $50,000, which is, you know, OK, that's great. I've never made $50,000. And I'm sure most of your, if not all of your production workers never made that much either, but you know, you're, you're complaining about, you know, the sacrifice and how it's, it's hard. It's everybody's made sacrifices and it's hard for everybody while you're making $50,000, assuming that's accurate, but you you know, you're making 50 K and meanwhile, what are your what are these employees making? They're making nothing. They're attending Mm -hmm. job fairs and they don't have healthcare and they're struggling to put food on the table now because you didn't, have the you didn't have it in you to just you know give them a heads up that hey this was coming, mm-hmm. which everything that I've heard they knew was coming way in advance. Um, I had somebody tell me that um, they were scouting out production facilities as early as um, uh, several months prior to the layoffs. Um, you know, and that's coming from somebody that uh, ended up talking with Paul Blest. He's um, an investigative journalist. Um, he actually published the story and he's the one who broke the story about them uh, going to Paxton too. I think it's on discourse blog, if you want to check it out.
3: Mm-hmm. But
0: um, more recently, there was also a uh, a leaked investor deck basically just because I didn't know what an investor deck was until <laughs> I had to look it up. But um, basically it's something that you send to potential investors about your plan for the business. And last year, no evil sent out a plan, you know, according to this deck and according to the information here, but um, in this plan, they had like a a three year plan, like 2021, 22, 23, and they were planning on starting to outsource manufacturing in 2022, according to this investor deck. Um, the way it sounds is that they decided to push it back a little bit uh, by a year. So I don't know what that says, but it's kind of interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I know that's wow. a lot. I'm sorry, There's a lot to say.
1: Yeah, wow. Just so much. And I mean, it's clear, as you said, they've been planning this for a while, and then I guess had to to move it up. But yeah, there's no reason why people shouldn't have been, you know, notified other than just, you know, uh, naked self interest uh, on the part of the part of the company. So I've seen some vegans sharing things about, you know, boycotting no evil foods. Um, I mean, I certainly won't and haven't been buying anything from them uh is that something that you've seen happen or are you kind of pushing for that or are you focusing mostly on the fundraiser
0: uh well the fundraiser is over now Um, okay still it'll never be too late for no evil to start their own i mean i Encourage them to start their own fundraiser and do right by their employees. We'll plug it for them. Yeah, I mean, well, we don't even. We won't. We don't even need to. They have their. <laughs> that was that was what was so frustrating about it. They have their the social media platforms that are, you know, huge. They could have gotten way more than three thousand dollars if they had decided to even just create a GoFundMe. I mean, it costs nothing um, to to start a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as from what I've seen, um, you know, in the, the vegan community. Um, I feel like anytime I put it like this, um, nine times out of 10, if a vegan sees what no evil did, especially these layoffs, I mean, with the union, not everybody is pro union. Everybody's had their different experiences with unions and you know, that's, that's, that's that. But when it comes to these layoffs, how do you look at that and say, Oh yeah, I'm still going to go out and buy this. Mm-hmm. um i feel like nine times out of ten when somebody who is vegan vegetarian or just you know somewhere in between and maybe you know they're just trying to go a little bit more of one or the other um when they hear about this kind of thing it's revolting they they don't want anything to do with it and i've seen it on instagram and i've seen it especially on twitter but on instagram i've seen it where um you know somebody will post a oh, hey, you know, I just tried Comrade Cluck for the first time today. And then somebody else will go in the comments and be like, hey, did you hear about what they did to their workers with the union drive and what they just did more recently with the layoffs? And then that person, you know, nine times out of ten will just be like, oh, wow, I did not (laughs) know about this. And this is I'm never going to buy this again. And I think that speaks volumes because No Evil Foods isn't like it's not like, you know, Amazon in the sense where, it's a very easy product to just not buy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, they don't really have a market on anything where it's like, you know, if you want to go out and buy, uh, if you want to have vegan sausage tonight, you don't have to buy No Evil. There's you know, how many, I don't even know how many other brands at this point. I mean, there's, there's so many other brands or you can just go make it yourself.
3: Mm -hmm. I mean, there's
0: a billion recipes out there for seitan sausage that you could just make from scratch. So just this idea that, you know, it's, it's a very easy product to boycott and veganism is a movement that's built on a boycott we're, yeah. we're, boycotting, we're boycotting the meat industry because of their treatment of animals if, if you're going to mistreat people too then I'm not going to buy your product and I know a lot of other vegans aren't going to either
2: um uh, on the subject of a uh, boycott I am full advocate for not purchasing no evil foods products you know and back when all of this union stuff started You know, of course, I'm certainly not going to buy any of the products I never have, not even when I was working there. But um, as far as boycotting goes, I've been really careful not to say that specifically that people should not purchase No Evil Foods, you know, in the aftermath of all the union stuff, just because it's like, well, I I still cared about the people that were working there. You know, Mm you would heard mm -hmm. your boycott you know, that not every single worker is on board with or the majority of workers, then those people are going to be out of a job anyway, which is exactly what we didn't want to happen. But Mm -hmm. now that they fired all of those people, as far as I'm concerned, the gloves are off. Like, (laughs) you should absolutely not purchase No Evil Foods products. And again, just my opinion. But when, like I've said it before, and I'll say it again until the day I die, when you purchase No Evil Foods products, you are directly contributing to worker exploitation. Like, it's as simple as that. So if you are against the exploitation of working class people, you don't purchase No Evil Foods products, you know, and I'm I'm coming from a position of believing that there's no real ethical consumption under capitalism. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I do understand that. But for a company that goes around touting these progressive ideals, you know, a company like Walmart isn't sitting there, you know, pretending that they're saving the planet. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a company like Amazon is not pretending that they're saving the planet. Uh, I mean, you, you know, there's space to argue with that. But for this company specifically, No Evil Foods, they 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 say they're fighting climate change, that they believe in racial justice. They use all of these performative kind of angles to market their vegan product and what they're really doing is playing on the values of people who actually hold those values those ethical values and again it i fully advocate not purchasing this product the employees who broke their backs and worked through the pandemic are not working for these people anymore you're not hurting them when you don't purchase their crappy product like Mm i just I would encourage anybody to pick any other product except for no evil foods until that they until there's some kind of restitution, you know, have them start Mm -hmm. a fundraiser for the employees that they all laid off with no warning, you know, apologize for the um, like disgusting COVID-19 response before they offered the hazard pay after we petitioned for it. You know, where's the apology for these people? Where is correcting your mistake on this? And until those things get done, I'd say nobody should buy their crap.
1: Yeah, it seems like they're really um, shooting themselves in the feet (laughs) in terms of their business model, right? Because um, as you said, they are portraying themselves as a company that is saving the planet, that is Um, you know usually using socialist themes and iconography to sell their products and so the fact that they didn't address anything that happened and they didn't really address any of the activism that was going on I mean yeah it could have been a different story right it could have been them you know learning growing admitting their mistake supporting the union um trying to actually, you know, operate. I mean, if if they were really into socialism, they would have made the business a cooperative from the get-go, but anyway, um you know, it could have it could have been a different story, but I feel like at this point it's going to be hard to kind of salvage their image. So I guess, could you tell us a bit more about the fundraiser? I I know you said that that was over now, but um, it sounds like it was really successful. And um, I guess let people who are listening know any other way that they can support the workers.
2: So yeah, the the fundraiser itself is just something that I it's just something I created on a whim just being really angry and frustrated. I don't think I've ever made a fundraiser out of spite before. <laughs> but I mean that that's really where it stemmed from of and of course wanting to help these people. These are people with, you know, children and families and mortgages and rent to pay and you know, they just lost their entire income and their health care. So I wanted to do something you know, kind of putting my money where my mouth is like, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, I just put it together on a whim one day, um, called up as many people we, you know, we contacted as many people as we could think of, um, with as many platforms as we could think of to kind of plug this and get it out there. We will, we were able to raise, um, just over $3,300. Uh, I think the final number was three thousand three ninety five and some change. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and great. Yeah, the way that we did it was um, we just basically put our contact information on this fundraiser and said, reach out to us if you were, you know, fired by No Evil Foods through this layoff, you know, because, you know, we had a number of contacts there, but we didn't have the contact information for every single person that was working there at the time that got laid off. And um, the amount of people who reached out to us to thank us for making it, um, we were able to... I I think the final number that we got to 12 different people was $282 and 91 cents. I think,
3: Mm -hmm. um, we
2: were able to help 12 people and get them a couple hundred bucks to, you know, for whatever they might need, you know, you, you know, as well as we do, like a lot of people in this country, you miss out on one paycheck, you know, that'll screw you up for, for months, Mm -hmm. depending on what you have to pay. So I'm really proud that we were able to raise that money and get it out to people who, uh, who needed it. Um, if, you know, honestly, if more workers, you know, kept running into an issue stemming from the no evil thing, I'd start another one. But thankfully uh, I, I think as far as I know, most people have gotten new jobs and are moving forward with uh, you know, different employment, which is great. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's just really unfortunate that uh, no evil didn't take a part in either helping raise money themselves or cause like I said, I did this all for free. This didn't cost me a dime to create, and it didn't cost me a dime to to plug it anywhere. So it's it's just kind of amazing to me that there was no effort taken on their end. But um, as far as helping anybody that was affected by No Evil Foods, stop buying their product. Don't give don't give these employers a free pass to just up and move a company whenever they feel like it after crushing a union drive and after being forced to pay their employees hazard pay, and then subsequently laying everyone off circumventing federal law so they didn't have to warn anybody. Um, just use your dollars to uh, speak your mind about it. And that's really all that we can do at this point, as far as I know. But I'm again, I'm always open to ideas. But that, that's the best mm-hmm. I got so far. It's all a really unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, No Evil should have just paid severance pay. Like they, they didn't even really need to do a fundraiser. Like they should have just paid the severance pay that they owed uh, their workers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what's also really frustrating and and insane to me, I'm not even sure if it's legal. Um, but they, the, a bunch of employees had some accrued paid time off, you know, they, you know, you work Mm. X amount of hours, you have this much paid time off Mm. and none of them received any of their paid time off that they had accrued. Some of these people had like 80 hours. Some Mm. of these people, you know, even if it was two hours, you know, that's money that they worked for and PTO that they paid for that probably would have helped them through this ordeal in this crisis. Mm. And they, the fact that they didn't even get that, they didn't even receive all of the money that they earned is just absolutely wild to me. So it's like, not only did they not get severance, they lost their health care and did not receive any of their accrued PTO.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Well, thank you so much for all of your activism around this. It's amazing what you were able to do with the fundraiser. And I mean, you both have been fighting since a year ago uh for for workers rights and better working conditions at No Evil Foods so just thank you for all of your activism around this and I'm sure that um you know a lot of the workers really appreciated your efforts as well um is there anything else you'd like to add before we leave off
0: um i i i wanted to touch on something that came up earlier as far as the working conditions at No Evil now are the way that they were prior to the layoffs I, I just feel like I liked it there. I, I mean, there were there were a lot of things I liked about the job. And I feel like that's something that pretty much most of us could have said. But the, the union would... We wanted the union in there to keep it that way and to keep the things that we loved about the job. And I feel like you can like your job. I, there's like this... I don't know. I, I'm I was gonna call it a meme, but it's like there's this this idea where it's like you you have to be working, you know, you have to be peeing in bottles and <laughs> working 80 hours a week and you know getting dirt pay and no benefits to want to unionite your job. You don't have to. Um you can and, and in fact, if you like your job, that's even I feel like that's even more of a reason to unionize because Things will change. You might like your manager right now, um, but when that manager quits or that manager gets fired or the company decides to move, uh, move to a a just up and switch to a co-manufacturer, you know, and and not give you notice, I mean, things, things will change. And the union is there to give you that, that level of stability. And um, I just felt like, uh, I feel like that needed to be said. And Another thought, too, is just uh, for vegan companies in particular, I really hope that what happened at No Evil Foods acts as a sort of, like, example of what not to emulate. And I I really, like, with Impossible getting as big as they are now and Beyond Meat and Field Roast and all these other brands, as the um, the interest in plant-based gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I hope the employees at these companies start unionizing. Mm -hmm. I would really like to see more of this. And, um, I, I just hope that people see what happened at no evil foods, these companies in particular, but also the workers. I want the workers to see what happened at no evil foods, learn from it and, you know, not repeat our mistakes. And I, and I want the companies to see it and say, Hey, maybe we'll go a different direction if our employees want to unionize. Um, that would be really nice.
1: Yeah, that was all very well said. And I couldn't agree more. Read the importance of unions and that I would love to see that happening at more vegan companies. That would be amazing.
0: Sorry. I just wanted to say uh, also um, for, you know, any other information about this, the uh Soyable Foods page on Instagram is a great resource. Uh, Bertie Gregson on Twitter and then there's the uh Moable Foods Facebook page and MoEvilFoods.com. Uh, I just wanted to plug those two.
2: Uh, I just wanted to thank you for giving us the space to talk about this, not only once, but twice now. Yeah, um, it's, I feel like it's really important to talk about this stuff. And I'm just so glad that there are people in the vegan community that are, are willing to talk about the more controversial stuff that isn't necessarily related to animals, but people too. And I think that's mm-hmm. really great. We really appreciate you.
1: Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate all the work that you're doing. And we will absolutely link to all of the links that you just mentioned in the show notes. Maybe you can both send me an email with some links that you want included, and we'll put those all in the show notes so everyone can stay up to date. And yeah, just again, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so sorry that this was your experience with this horrible, uh, you know, quote unquote, socialist vegan company. Um, But yeah, thank you for doing all this work, exposing what's been going on and uh, and helping the workers first and foremost. So,
2: yeah, yeah. thank you.
3: Thank you. My name is uh, Jeremy, and uh, I worked at Noble Foods for about three months. It was my whole tenure there when they decided to lay everybody off.
1: So uh, you came into the picture then, obviously, after the first union drive had gone down. So uh, what was your experience like working for the company? And what was the atmosphere like there, you know, working there after management had received so much scrutiny and public pushback for their union busting?
3: yeah uh actually when i was uh during my interview i uh, i asked about that and basically he just he kind of just i mean he he talked about it but kind of just glazed over as like it was a few people that were just kind of uh kind of just distraught over personal issues you know and it was just they kind of made it into something else um i talked to some other people uh workers that work there uh and they told me that it was a little bit of a different story um but I mean, it was really, truly a really nice place to work, um, for me at least. Uh, it might not be, like, exciting podcast stuff, but um, it's just true. Like, I, they would let me come in and cook whatever food I wanted as long as it was uh, vegan. And mm-hmm. they gave me a nice budget, and I was paid really well. And they were really flexible with the hours that I needed to work. Um, I had another job, and um, everyone that I worked with and encountered from uh, the HR people all the way to, you know, the production staff that I saw, um, they were all super nice. Uh, the facility was really nice. Um, everyone seemed decently happy, you know, like it's a workplace. So there's going to be like gripers and, Oh, we're kind of short staffed or, Oh, you know, we're busy today doing this or, you know, just the kind of stuff that goes on in a, in a, in a, in the business. But, um, overall everyone seemed pretty, uh, pretty happy. And so that's kind of when, when I, heard about you know the union busting and people were like you know messaging me like you know this is a terrible company to work for like how could you like do this even like some like pretty aggressive messages from people um talking about like you know just why like this is a terrible company you shouldn't work for them um really i was just like you know this they have been really good to me and as far as i can see to the uh to the to the other staff that was there so I mean, overall, it seemed like it was a pretty decent place to work.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, probably part of that is because they did receive so much scrutiny um, due to the union drive, right? So I feel like workers probably were able to accomplish a lot of uh, of gains. So I'm glad to hear that um, in general, the atmosphere was a lot better than it was for uh, previous workers. So what happened then? <laughs> Last month, uh, <laughs> What what happened?
3: Yeah. I, I I went in one day and uh it was actually my one of my days off and I had just gone in to uh grab some things and and kind of just check on stuff and I walked in and uh one of the one of the people that I work with like on a day on a daily basis was in there and she was like what are you like what are you doing I was like I just came in to grab some stuff or whatever and uh she was like, did you get an email or something? And I was like, no, I didn't get an email or message. Like, well, you, and at this point I'm like, I'm like, what is happened? You know, like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And she was like, Oh, you should go talk to somebody. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like what in the, like what in the world? Um, and so (laughs) I went and found someone and I was, I went and found Drew from HR and he was having a meeting with someone else. And I kind of just opened the door. and was like, what's going on? Like I hear, I've, I've been hearing that there's something going on and, and, uh, I'm not even supposed to be here today, but I just figured I'd, you know, talk to you and see what was up. And he was basically just like, you know, you can, I'll, I'll get with you in a minute. And so he, I went back and just kind of hung out and then he came and talked to me and he was just like, you know, we really tried to, we didn't want to have to do this, but, um, we have to close down and we have to, uh, you know we're, we're going to a different, a different sort of model where uh, we are going to outsource the production and and pretty much just close down this 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 facility this mm-hmm. plant. And he he, I was like, man, I was like, you know, it's surprising, you know, like I, I hadn't just no idea. It was like today, this is what's happening. Like basically, here's your letter, and uh, it was really nice to work with you. He was like very professional about it. Um, just like you know, just uh, get whatever stuff you need and. Uh, you know, return the laptop as soon as you can, because they gave us a company laptop and, uh, basically it was just like, you know, he also said that he would like to, uh, continue to work with me in the future. Uh, I had been working on some projects with them in the very beginning stages, uh, of like just photo shoot stuff and and working on, uh, plating up these dishes for photo shoots and he had uh, expressed a little bit of a desire that to, that they wanted to keep me there and, and t- to do that at least on a contractual basis and I was like okay I was like yeah whatever I mean that's whatever um, <laughs> <and> then, <laughs> as it turns out that never happened like I never heard from them again um, mm-hmm. at, when I went and turned in the uh, went and turned in the laptop I saw Mike and he was all like real, real apologetic and, and just real, like, uh, so sorry. And I hope to continue to work with you in some way and blah, 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 but never, I never heard from him again. Mm. But yeah. And so that's, I mean, that's pretty much what happened one day, you know, and it's crazy. Cause like, they had been talking to, talking to me about like, uh, when I had first signed on and even, even after that, you know, doing marketing stuff with them and really kind of growing with the company as like, uh, as like a as like the chef, you know, who would go and do sort of like different sort of food shows and and kind of stuff like that. And you know, I feel like they had to have known that it was going. You know, maybe if they didn't know specifically just how uh, dire the circumstances might get, um, that they would at least probably know like have some inkling, you know, of, of what mm-hmm. was going on. And they just they just there was just not any not any heads up whatsoever about, about that at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that must've been shocking and and pretty upsetting obviously. Um, so, so you weren't there then for the, the meeting that they held where I think I, I read that. Yeah.
3: I had left uh, cause I was there a little bit earlier and they were like, uh, we're going to have the meeting. Yeah. Uh, he, he asked, he didn't, he said that I didn't have to stay. Um, but before that I had heard that there was going to be a meeting at one. Um, and that, it was like a, you know, man. And I was like, I'm not going to, there's no, I, I already know it's happening. You know, I, I know mm-hmm. gonna I'm going to go, I'm going to go about my day. Um, mm-hmm. I don't to sit through, sit through this meeting, but, um, so yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't stay for that.
1: Yeah. Did you hear from other uh, workers how that went?
3: Um, no, I, I haven't talked to really anybody that worked there. Uh, a few people found me on Facebook and Instagram that I had worked with a few of the production people. Um, but I haven't really, I haven't really spoken to them. I, I've read accounts of, of, of what had happened, but um, I haven't heard direct accounts. I think that the way that they and some of the things that I've read about this um, has said that they purposely laid off um, a, a number of people after I, I started. Um, maybe like oh, two weeks or so, or something like that. After I first started, um, the numbers of the production staff went way down. Um, And so I'd heard that that's one of the ways that they skirted it. I think that there's a a minimum amount of employees that you have to have for that law to be to be applicable. So, like, I think Mm -hmm. that you have to have at least 50 or something employees um, in order to to be bound by law to give them a severance and some sort of uh, some sort of notice or something like that. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's the way they skirted it. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, I don't know, there's, there hasn't been any recourse. Uh, People have been mostly trying to take care of the the production staff, Um, Mm -hmm. like GoFundMes and stuff that uh, people could donate to. Uh, But as far as like any legal actions, I I don't think that there, I don't think that there's any, an avenue for that. Mm -hmm.
1: Would you say that there's any way that people listening can support the workers and their struggle other than fundraising or, uh, is that mainly, mainly the Avenue?
3: Yeah. I mean, I would say that that was really it. Um, you know, I got to know a lot of the, the, the people that work there, um, the production staff that work there. Uh, and they were just like super nice people. And I felt really bad that it really went down like that. Um, for mm-hmm. myself, I had another job that actually closed down like two weeks after, after the no evil one, but oh no. Um, I was, I was feeling, you know, I was, I was in a, in a decent spot, you know, where I wasn't like freaked out. I was like, you know, I could just go work at my other job and some savings or whatever, you know, and and it'd be fun. But I know that a lot of those people, um, really, they were just like, you know, just like paycheck to paycheck people, you know, just like trying to work and get by. And I, I just, I hate how they kind of got blindsided by that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hate that too. I was just reading about it today and, um, was reading about the meeting that they held and how uh, basically I guess the owners or the management were, were crying <laughs> and all apologetic, but you know, the workers were obviously incredibly upset and uh, told them where to shove it because they had no notice. Right. And as you said, I'm I'm sure that there was some inkling that they had that, that this would be coming down the pipeline.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, when it's one thing, like I totally understand, you know, you've got, a business and you gotta look out for the business, right? And I totally get that. But uh, there's a point where, especially when you have this ethos of like, of like people over profit or like, you know, this sort of just like mentality of like the grassrootsy sort of like socialism almost vibe to like everything uh, that they were about um, to not give anybody any sort of option or not give anybody sort of like a heads up uh, in any way is really the only thing that I can, I I, I can fault them. Like I can't fault them for trying to keep the business going, you know, but like let people know, you know, give people the option to be like, all right, I'm going to try and find another job. And if it means that you lose workers for that amount of time, then that's, you got to suck it up and, and, and take that hit. Cause you know that's those are your people supposedly you know
1: yeah yeah cuz i was reading as well that um there was a lot of talk about it being like a family and you know we're a family and we're we're doing this we're helping the world we're helping to solve the environmental crisis we're you know <laughs> so
3: it's really unfortunate. That's, that's really yeah it's crazy like and really that's that like i'm not i'm not trying to i haven't this whole time like been bashing them as people or whatever like i i i get it you know what i mean like it's tough it's tough out there uh, especially after this past year it's really difficult um but you gotta do what you can to you gotta you gotta do right by people essentially you know you gotta do right by them. and and, and especially when that is your whole your whole thing so
1: yeah especially as a vegan company because you know you got to care about the human animals (laughs) as well as the non-human
3: animals
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. um well thank you for sharing that is there anything else you want to add
3: no I think uh that's that's really all you know uh it really was just it was a I really enjoyed that job uh it sucks that uh it went away um and like i said i don't i really don't want to like badmouth uh the the owners or the managers or any of those people because they were all super nice to me it was just this last sort of uh you know this this the way that they kind of went about sneakily and quietly uh making these moves um i just i don't think it's super nice